Hello, and welcome to I Am Dad podcast with your fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. 30 minutes of wisdom, information, resources, and nuggets to help you on your fatherhood journey. Or maybe you're just curious and want to hear some real talk about fatherhood, family, and the minds of men. Well, guess what? We got you too. Sit back, grab your pad and pen, and maybe even bring a little something to sip on. Enjoy 30 straight minutes of fatherhood, family, and fun with the fatherhood authority. Kenneth Braswell. Welcome to I Am Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Braswell. Thank you once again for joining us on a Sunday morning as we continue to bring you provocative, insightful conversation in the field of responsible fatherhood. And every once in a while, some subject matter that is in and around being dads, it may not be so serious, but we may lighten it up a little bit like today. So I was finally able to chase this man around the world. You know, I've been in Africa, Mongolia, Thailand. You making up places. Down under, underground, <laughs> back to the States. And I finally have been able to nail my good friend Griff down. If you guys don't know Griff, check in every morning. They're syndicated across the country. Griff is the co-host of Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell, and you can hear him every morning. But he has become one of my good, 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 good friends. I can I can um, always rely on Griff making me laugh. And so today, um, I'm going to sit back because one of his professions is being a comedian. And so, and when I told him about this conversation that I wanted to have, about what's so funny, but not so funny, being a dad, he jumped all over it. And so I know this show is going to be good. But let me start off with this, Griff, because I want to kind of set the stage. First okay. of all, before I go there, how you doing? Man, I'm blessed, man. I'm, you know, it's, it's funny when we sit here and we talk about being dads, like uh, I'm sitting here with Papa Mike right now, and I, I get the chop stuff up with him and go back and forth. And, you know, I don't think you never get too old to learn. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just really enjoy spending time with him and knowing that he is, uh, you know, triple OG. (laughs) (laughs) He got the triple O. He got the triple O. Triple OG. Oh, yeah, he do all kinds of stuff. Dude, a retired police officer from the bomb squad, the Marines. Like he, uh, he could kill you still. <laughs> he could kill you. He, he, he ain't never going to tell you, but he done, he done blew some folk up. He won't tell me though. I just need him to tell me. Oh man, that is funny. But you know what? The crazy thing is, this is one of those weeks that this, you know, God always positions people and things in my life right when I need them. And sometimes even when I don't know, I need them. Mm-hmm. So last week, a few weeks ago, I was watching TV um, here in Atlanta and a um, story came on. Um, and the story headline was um, father murdered himself. Uh, father, father killed and murders suicide. Murder yeah. suicide. And that... Um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to kind of have a sense of what happened. They tracked him down in Henry County under a domestic violence call. Something happened and he ended up in Clayton County 
with him and his kids in the car. So when they caught him, he turned and he, and he, and he killed one of his children and then turned the gun and killed himself. Yeah. And it was something about that griff. And I'm still to this day, my heart just freaking aches. Right. Yeah. Because the sympathy and the dad in me is trying to understand how could you hate someone more than you love your children? Man. And all of the emotions that had to be going through him, forget the circumstances and how he got there, because we all have a sense of what the circumstances could have been. Of course. And the consequence is that that selfish act impacted not only the child that he took out, but the one that he left behind that was in the back seat watching it all unfold. Right. And so all week, I've just been bawling and crying and trying to figure out what am I going to do with Fathers Incorporated? God, what am I not doing? What is it I'm not seeing? How can I get in front of this thing? How can I be a bigger servant? How can I be a bigger advocate? How can I lift my voice? How can I talk louder? How can I get more people to listen to me? All of those things I've been um, uh, dealing with. But my wife said to me, and I was telling her about how I was feeling. And she goes, honey, she goes, you're carrying a lot. She goes, you need to laugh. Said, you need to just bring it down a notch. And right when she said that, not too long after she said that, was when you text me. Wow. And we were texting, and then I was like, I got this idea about doing this podcast. I was like, I'm all the way down. I think you, I think you gotta laugh. Like I just started saying, I don't hate my ex-wife, I hate her principalities. You know what I'm saying? Because the Bible says something about the principalities and it, it ain't the person, it's the spirit. So I, I hate her principalities. I hope her principalities get hit by a bus. <laughs> That's what Big Perm said though, right? It's right. the principalities of it all. <laughs> the, the, you know, when I think of, I, I saw something pretty close to that. I, I think a guy in Cleveland, he was recording himself and he was talking to his, his kid's mom and he had all his kids in the car and he killed all of them, man. And he killed himself. And I'm such an empath that just sat with me, dog, the same way it sat with you. And I, I also was like, man, I would have loved to have chopped it up with him. I would have loved to, you know, and, and, and even with my my trials and my problems with my own father, I forgive him so much and I love him so much and I'm so grateful and thankful that I could get to a place where I could say that. But I know a lot of people aren't there yet with their dads, but I also know that fathers do what fathers learn, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a base, if you don't have a someone to turn to man then you just be in your head you in your own head and you know it ain't good when dudes is by themselves and thinking and you know it's a it's a lot of anger that really don't have nothing to do with your kids mom it's other anger that's just uh you know added when you think about she not letting me see my baby and i can't go you know then it it it, i've been to a couple events with joy i've been to a number of events with you and I've talked to the guys on the side and they, they, they always kind of had the same question. Like, how do you do it? How do you, 
when they make you pay child support and you they don't let you you know how do you not go crazy like i think the the bottom line is we have to be men first we have to understand that we made a human being and that human being is our responsibility and and you know i'm i'm like you dog i'm a father to the end i got a 31 year old 229s a 23 and a 15 and that ain't even counting my wife's kids which is another 24 a a, a 30 a, a couple 23s you know what i'm saying so it it the father don't go away. Like I'm always calling, you know, checking on him. Hey man, did y'all check out this book? Did you uh, look at this link? I don't know if they're going to look at it immediately when I send it, but you know, still fathering. Mm -hmm. When you look at your kids and you talk about your kids, because that's the times that I find the most joy. That's what I love about you because it's one of those places where you and I find common humor and common connect that I feel my best when I'm talking about my wife and kids. Like when I'm talking, it, it, random conversation or whatever, but if I'm talking about them, it brings me a level of joy. What kind of joy does it bring to you when you think about your kids and your wife for that matter? You know, I'll start with my with my kids. You know, I, I had my son when I was 20, I was in the military, I was living in Germany. And it's funny because my whole life, I always wanted to be a dad. You know, I wanted to be a comedian since I was three, but I also just wanted to be a dad. Like I was like, man, when I get a son, I'm, we gonna jump in leaves. We gonna, I'm gonna push him on a swing. I'm not gonna yell at him when I throw the baseball and he don't get it. I'm gonna make sure he know this. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna teach him this. I'm gonna bring him to the library. And I really, did all that with my oldest son. I really, I was a, you know, I might not be the best husband. I'm an awesome father though. <laughs> you, you, I, I got I got a whole bunch of people that are vouch for me on that, who, who, who bear my last name and who was raised by me. I, uh, and, and, and I, and I tell my wife sometimes, I say, you know, you gotta excuse me because when I was a kid, I ain't say, I'm gonna be an awesome husband. I can't wait to be a husband. I'm a, I can't wait to share all my stuff and split everything and, 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 and be uh, empathetic to some lady. Like I never did that. So I'm, I'm still learning that. But the fathering, when I think of my kids and how successful they are and how brilliant they are and how clever and funny man me and my 23 year old daughter we was laughing so hard about the Buckeyes losing she been a <laughs> Michigan fan because of me but she only seen Michigan win twice before last week or a couple weeks ago you know what I'm saying against mm -hmm. Ohio State so the what she was saying and her man it just brought me joy every time I hang up with my kids I'll be wanting to I'll be wanting to cry a little bit just because I'll be like man i raised them man like you know and then um today i've been married uh 23 months nice. so <laughs> next month it'll be two years and i'm I'm blessed to have a, a wife that don't think i'm crazy you know being a creative and and, and being somebody who 
You know, I never needed to go to school to find out who I was. I already knew what I was my whole life. Like that's, that's, that's tough for people because people grown and still don't know what they want to be when they grow up. You know what I'm saying? So I always knew and I always, I never had a backup plan. And I, so when you, when you get with somebody who maybe they ain't know who they was until recently or they ain't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot to try to swallow. Like, oh, this dude, he just be thinking about other continents and countries. And when you were saying, when you were saying uh, Griffey and Mongolia and all these other places, the, the cool part is December 15th, I'm taking my wife to South Africa and it's my first time taking her. It'll be my 28th time going. I just went a couple weeks ago but it'll be my 28th time, but first time taking my wife. And I'm so excited because I've been talking about this place to her for years. And, mm-hmm. and I want her to see why I love it so much, you know? So I can't wait to like host. I'm always hosting people in South Africa, but mm-hmm. I can't wait to host my wife. So I'm real excited about that. Yeah, no, that's funny that you're going to South Africa. So now I have, it's been now since right before the pandemic, since I've been to Ghana, because I was going every year. And when yeah, the pandemic, Ghana's dope. going back. And now I have like three opportunities to go to Africa next May, June, and July, um, twice to Ghana. And then I got a, a good friend of mine who um, is a, he's a number one best times bestseller, wants me to come and work with a crew of his to shoot a documentary in Kenya. Um, Ooh, I haven't been to the East yet. I've, I've, and, and, you know, Nairobi and all them. I haven't been to the East, but I'm, I will. Let me know mm-hmm. when you're going. I'll go. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Yeah, no, no, that would be real cool. I'll let you know. Yeah. So, but he's, you know, he's, you know, he's a poet. And it's so funny because when I was talking to the producer the other day, we were chatting. And she was like, Kenny, what do you think is like the theme? What do you think Kwame's theme is? And I said, you know, as long as I've known Kwame, he's been a poet. That's what he does. I was like, his documentary has to be a poem. I was like, so we need to find out from him. What's the poem of his life? Like, what is the poem of his life? What's his life's poem? And I would pose the same thing to you because I think about you in the same way. Like, you know, what's what's the humor in your life? They talk about when men walk into the household that we set the temperature. I often tell people that in my house, I'm not the I'm not the thermometer, I'm the thermostat. When yes. I walk up to the house, temperature raises and lows, lowers based on the energy that I bring into the house. And I'm gonna assume that when you bring in when you walk into your house, you bring a particular energy in your house, particularly on the on the humor side and particularly and more specifically around your kids. Like what do your kids expect of you? Like what makes them laugh the most of the things that you possibly say to them? Probably when I was yelling at them, like my <laughs> believe it or not, I would my kids don't know me as a comedian and key, 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 key. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for another punchline from dad. They they know me as their father who just happens to have a sense of humor. You know what I mean? So their whole life, I think they tried not to laugh when I said things <laughs> because I was making things up on the fly. You know what I'm saying? I remember one time 
I remember one time I told my, I don't know what they did, but I, I, I handcuffed both my sons downstairs. I think all three of them. I either handcuffed all three of them downstairs and they was in the basement with boxers and tank tops on. And I was like, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to eat. I'm going to come down. I'm going to kill y'all. Just stand here. And I made them listen to Broadway musicals. I put the, I put the, <laughs> so I'm upstairs cracking up, right? And all I hear downstairs is start spreading the news. Dun, 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 dun. I'm leaving today. So they probably going to hate plays for the rest of their life. But when they tell me stories like that, dad, you remember you? And what? then I remember my ex-wife, Tony came downstairs. She said, where the boys? I said, they downstairs. I said, I'm going to whoop them. I'm not. I'm just making them be scared. So she went downstairs and saw him handcuffed and came back upstairs and said, oh, no, Griff, we can't do this. I'm not going to jail for you. <laughs> so I think my kids laugh at situations more than anything because I, I, instead of discipline, I talk to my kids. You know, I, I, I think if you had to whoop your kids after 12, something wrong with your parenting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't really want to. I remember giving one of my kids, I don't know what he did, but I was like, oh, I'm going to kill you when you get home. Mm -hmm. And he was on the bed and I was thinking, this is very slavery. This is very, why am I striking my son like this when, you know what I mean? I mean, I really had an epiphany like this. Nah, get, put your clothes on, dog. We we can talk this out. Like this, it gotta be a better way. Like you don't, this is, this is something taught. Like you don't whoop somebody because they dot, 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 you know what I'm saying? We work it out. How can we not do that again? How can we correct that kind of behavior? And I think even pauses like that and epiphanies and thinking like that is what makes me an exceptional father because I don't want to scar my kid. I want my kids to have great, you know, it was very important for me probably after 13 to stop buying stuff and right. start having memories mm -hmm. and start, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Let's go to Arizona and, and, and go to a resort and let's all remember the pool and the, you know what I'm saying? And, and because shoes wear out and PlayStations break and video games get scratched and, uh, but you can't take away a memory. So my kids to watch them with their kids you know, going to parks and, you know, all oh, that. My son called me yesterday and he was like, you know, I'm coaching, I'm coaching my son's basketball team again. Last year we won the championship and this year, dad, what do you think uh, my goal should be? And just hearing him say that, like that, that means so much, man, because they still need us. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. I think you, I think you should be in your kid's life. So they don't have to need you and be like, I want, I want, but you don't want to be so, well, I'm gonna let them live their life that you so hands off that when you call them, they'd be like, let me hit you back. And then they don't, wow. mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, my daughter, my mid, my youngest one, man, I, she's the closest one. She's all my kids are close in their own special way. 
But there's something about my youngest daughter that has this hold wrapped around my has this hold around my heart like she's a girlfriend. So like if I call and she don't call back, I start feeling some kind of way like, you know, who you with, where you at, <laughs> you know, what you doing. <laughs> How old is she? She's 23 now. Yeah, um, but I remember my- a few years ago her and I was going through a little a little something like most dads and their daughters go through and we ain't talked for a couple of months. It was like a month. And I was in the house and my wife came into the room. I was watching something on TV and I was bawling like a baby. And she was like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "I was spoken to Nzinga like too much." She's like, Dude, you messed up. She goes, you like if somebody, some your old high school girlfriend uh, left you at the prom or something. That's I was hilarious. like, I don't know what it is about this girl, but something about her, she has that heart. She has that lock on my heart in that way. I think, you know, you ain't supposed to have favorites, but I got two. I'm probably <laughs> torn. I always say if my kids get in the house fire and the house is burning down, <laughs> I'ma run in and go, Brandon! <laughs> I'ma call for my oldest with the other kids on my legs. I'ma be like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Brandon! <laughs> I, 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 I love them all different. I love them all special. And I and I don't love them the same. I, I you know, uh, only people without kids think that you love all your kids the same and all the kids is, you know, all they just as different as people who work at your job. Like right. one of them don't get math the same way as the other one got. One of them might not pick up English the same way. So you got to slow down with one, speed up with the other one, get the other one caught up, help the other one, find somebody who know who can help the person that, you know, it's a lot of different ways. So that's mm-hmm. all parenting. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Look, that's all, yeah, yeah. that's parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, with my son though, he is, um, you know, I've tried to um, find that thing that I love in all of them, that one thing that I put my hook on that just allows me to stay hooked in the same way for all of them with those differences across the board but that yeah. feeling of like this this thing connects us in a way that nothing else connects us with my son is kind of like my well i only have one son he is um he's quick with it like me he's quiet like if you don't as long as you don't bother him he don't bother you but he could be talking normally and he'll just drop something on you he's been able to do that since he was a little boy one time we was in the car and the one thing that many of them all of my kids except for the one that's living her best life right now has picked up for me is that entrepreneurial spirit they all not don't none of them want to work for nobody they all they they, they're business minded they want to do they want to run their own business my son wants to be on the on the cover of uh 230 um, NBA. He, he already knows I'm going to be on the cover of 2K31. He's already said that. He's in his mind, he's there. But he I was in the car one day and it was me and the girls was in the car. And my wife was in the car. He must have been, Griff, he must have been about three, maybe four years old. And so I got my youngest daughter on one side of him. He's in the car seat in the middle and my middle daughter's on the other side of him. My wife's in the front and I'm driving. And KJ goes, so mommy and daddy has an organization fathers incorporated and 
and they're doing everything they need to do and they're making all kinds of money so that we can go to school and they can pay for our bills and all that stuff. He said, and and Zynga, you know, wants to start her own beauty business and she's going to school so she can start a business and she can do what she wants to do. And she goes, and I'm going to practice and playing basketball and one day I'm going to be an NBA star and I'm going to be able to pay all the bills and do all the things. And he goes, so Amber, what are you going to do? <laughs> Set, we, in my house, we call that the trap door. You, you you just be yeah 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 cartoon that's the best well that trap door is the best because you never saw it coming that you got to take it in you got to eat it coming and then when you talk to all of my kids all of them say kj is the one you don't want to mess with because he's always the one that he won't come out at you real fast it's in that quiet moment he'll say something like that and just drop the mic and walk away with no emotion, you know, whatsoever. I think the 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 ongoing in my house, if if you can make me laugh, you wasn't gonna be in trouble. So my kids had to be super duper quick, <laughs> you know. So, Dad, you know the basketball that you said don't bounce in the house. Crazy thing happened in the house. Like so, if they get, you know, it's it's. It's, it's, it's good when you raise kids to talk to you. I wanted my kids to be able to yeah. talk to me. I wanted them to, I wanted them to fear me, but I didn't want them to be scared of me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the difference. I think I would give all my kids a chance. Listen, this is your part right here. If you, if your senses ain't correct, if you if you moving too much, if you looking around, this all this is all coming out on the other side. So I'm giving you a whole chance to tell me what happened. And wow. and they really I think appreciated as kids. It's like at least I'm gonna have a chance to speak mm-hmm. before anything, you know, versus when we was young, you just get home and get whooped. You get whooped by a neighbor, you get whooped by a teacher, your your dad ain't home for two weeks and he come back and whoop you like it was just the whooping fest, though. <laughs> that, but you know, I think about my mom and my dad, and I think about them being two teenagers who had a kid. Mm, why? I, my mom was pregnant when she was fifteen. My daughter's fifteen; she'll be sixteen in May. I can't imagine. Why? I can't imagine the dumbness. That 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 you possess when you was with child, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. um, the the irresponsibleness of your parents uh, to you know not even take me and raise me, not even you know what I'm saying? You like you had a baby, you gonna have a baby, mm-hmm. like you n- no. <laughs> yeah. So I I have empathy on my parents now. I know that they were making everything up every mm-hmm. day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes bad choices, most time awful choices. But in the end, what do you expect from a child? Like yeah. a child who had to be immediately grown. Like I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah, we was having a conversation the other day about parents 
um, particularly new school and old school parents. And somebody made this comment that, um, that there's no way that you can stay together if you don't get along with each other. And I was like, that's absolutely not true. No, what they, said, what they said, the comment was, um, no one in their right mind would stay together if they can't get along with each other um, and have kids. And I was like, I grew up around a ton of aunts and uncles and cousins who stayed in the house their entire life. And the day that the last kid walked out the door, they was like, deuces, we done. Right. We done. And that, their relationship prior to that day never had an impact on their children so much so that when they divorced, their children are sitting around like, wait, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah. Like, how did this happen? Like, I, we've never seen you argue. We've never seen you dislike each other. Exactly. We've never seen you call each other out, of, out your names. We've never seen you did anything. We don't understand what's happening. And I'm like, sometimes you, if, if you're focused to your point about being a dad, if you're focused on being a dad and you're a mom and you're focused on being a mom and then you're focused on co-parenting, then you're going to do everything within your in your power to be great parents. Now, be it to your point earlier about I'm a great dad. I'm not a great husband. That's the same thing that they were saying to themselves. Listen, we great parents, but we ain't a great married couple. And right. we both recognize that. And we ain't trying to mess around with that. But the thing that I like about those stories that I used to hear back then, I had a friend of mine that created a workshop in New York some years ago. I've been wanting to do it in Atlanta. I think I mentioned to you one time before. And the name of the workshop was called My Money's Funny, But I Ain't Laughing. Yes, you tell me, you tell me about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, oh it's just funny in itself, dog. My money funny, but I ain't laughing. It's hilarious. <laughs> you know, and so when you get these guys, particularly, you know, talking about things about being a father that's not so funny, um, ain't nothing funny about being broke. No. There's ain't nothing, nothing funny about ain't nothing funny about paying child support for a kid what? that's yours that you raise and love and, and ain't nothing funny about uh having to not be able to see your kids when you want to when you you know i'm a i have to pick my words because yep <laughs> famous or popular and i don't want to put in people be coming at me but you know I just realized that me and my youngest daughter's mom, we not cool. Like wow. we, we've been playing the role and acting like, and you know, da da da, Jameson, just, but, but we not cool. We just not, we not cool. So I really understood that last month and now I can move forward knowing, okay. We just not cool. We, not go, we just not cool. Like, yeah, pay my child support. My daughter be 16 next month. I really don't. Have to be talking to her mama like that. To, her mother ain't never told me I can't get her ever. Not mm -hmm. once. Not even, you know, hey, I'm coming in town. Is it cool if I take Jameson out of school? Well, not this week because, like, she has always, mm -hmm. me and Jameson's relationship it has nothing to do with her mom. You know what wow. I'm saying? And mm -hmm. as it should be. And, and because I know that we're not cool. I can just focus on my daughter and stop pretending like, oh, man, if I be nice to your mom, it's fine. We're not cool. 
Mm-hmm. And, and we are adults and we are grown and it's nothing violent or angry or, but you know, we got grandkids together. So we're going to, I'm going to see her all the time, but mm-hmm. I'm going to just, you know, make sure I got to cover my own peace. In wow. the end, it just come about, in the end, it just, it's your peace, dog. You wow. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, I'm a, I've never missed a child support payment. So no one gets to say he ain't did nothing, but the crazy part, and I'll say this, and I hope she watches this and some family members of hers watch this. I raised her kids. That wasn't mine. Mm. I raised them as my own. Mm-hmm. Their parents lived, their parents, the fathers lived in Atlanta. Mm. And they ain't had to pay $5 on nothing, all the high school. I took care of all that. And you make me pay child support for the one that's mine that look like my mama with my last name. And I took care of both your kids. That's how I know we ain't cool. It's all good. Mm-hmm. It, that's just the kind of female you are. You know what I'm saying? I know the kind of man I am and I know what I'm going to do. And what I'm going to do is be a father to my awesome daughter. And, mm-hmm. and I told you a long time ago, I don't put child support when i have to zeal her this money on the 10th and the 25th i don't put child support i put love support right I put mm-hmm. love support for jameson because mm-hmm. when i think about making sure my daughter has money to 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 get whatever she needs it makes me feel good it right. makes me feel good to remember that we did make a little awesome little girl together so let me send this love support you know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's the thing that kind of think people just don't think about a lot. You know, as we talk about being dads, you know, in many instances we are also a partner, and that kind of partner can be talked about in a whole bunch of other different podcasts. Right. But in our situation, we're husbands, right? And so, and we're husbands with um, a woman who we may have kids or not have kids with. You know that have to slide into that relationship and understand those other relationships and be okay with that relationship. Yes. One of the coolest things I saw um, with you and Lunika was I was watching, um, I remember watching your um, your wedding video. There's a couple of things that made me kind of crack up about oh, that wedding. You, I was like, man, that wedding could only be a griff wedding. I was like, <laughs> oh, when I was yelling at dude for breathing on my phone and <laughs> telling first lady to hurry up and yeah, <laughs> we gonna we gonna watch it next month. I I, I think the same thing, dog. Uh, <laughs> only me, dog. That's that's hilarious. Thanks. But I said, first of all, he's having. I said his church is at Word of his, his church is at the Potter's House Cathedral. That's like. 10,000 seats in there. It's like him, the pastor. New Mercy's Christian Church, Pastor Kearney, super duper empty. Me, <laughs> Pastor Kearney, First Lady, my homeboy, Pastor Shy and his wife, and a makeup artist we never met. That was it. And Pastor <laughs> Kearney, brother. We just get married like this. Do you, 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 take, take, take. <laughs> but the crazy thing that I was laughing is like, so when he's reading the vows, because first of all, I was laughing. I was like, man, I said, okay, it's his pastor. I said, I don't know if Griff ever knew that. I'm like, I can do weddings and funerals. I'm, certi- I'm certified. I am too. I done married a bunch of people. I done married myself. Touched her on the forehead and said, we do. 
<laughs> wow. the power, it's the power invest, vested in you. That's the part. That's the part. <laughs> but when he said, I think I started laughing before you started laughing. He said something about procreating and populating the world or something like that. I was like, and when you shook it, he's like, nah. Ain't nobody having no more kids. Her <laughs> tubes are so tired, I don't even know how she pee. <laughs> uh, Robin Harris, I don't know if you know if you ever heard Robin Harris in his earlier skit said, um, ain't no babies coming out of this. Is a baby, if she does have a baby, she better call him Hercules. Man. <laughs> We too. Listen, that's the last. That's the best part about having some be being with somebody that's 48, 49. Ain't no kids. Don't nobody want no kids at 50. I got homeboys that got little babies that they too. They 53. I they hate it. It was a mistake. You know it was a mistake. You a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you 51, you about to be. A, uh, like I call my son. I call him, he's a surprise blessing. And like, I thought we was done. We was on. And he showed up. And it's like, all right, God, I don't know why you gave me a boy, because I had all girls. And so when he showed up, it was like, okay, maybe this is, you can't do this work without understanding what it means to be a father to a boy. That's what Man. I took away from that. That's a, well, that, you know, I had I had daughters, so my I had all sons, and then I met my ex-wife, and she had a boy and a girl, and then we made a girl, you know what I'm saying? But it was because of my love for my daughter, Justice, uh, who was four when I met her, I just was like, oh, my God, girls are so, I want one. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want another one, because I had been raising boys, and it's totally different. I mean, you know, uh, it's a lot of listening when you're a father of daughters. It's a lot of uh, just letting them finish. It's a lot of, of speaking life into them. You know, you're not going to be able to get none for my daughters because you said they was cute. Mm -hmm. Or what's up with your, you know what I'm saying? You better know how to read. They want to know what's the last book you read. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> what's your five-year plan? Like, I... My 23 year old so hard on dudes. I was like, Justice, cut them some slack. You ain't got it. Wow. She was like, no, nah, dad, these little boys, they so young. They so young in their mind. If they 23, they really 15. Mm. But wow. I did that. When I hang up with her, I go like this. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's it. It worked. <laughs> All the times the same boys is dumb, but also also, as a dad, you got to put your daughters on game. That's yeah, yeah. all. Yeah, you know that's what I'm saying? It. The mm -hmm. bottom line is everybody want to sleep with you. Teachers, mm -hmm. uh, family members, that's nasty. So be keep your head on a swivel. You know right. what I'm saying? Pay attention. Mm -hmm. Don't let nobody touch the small of your back to see where your... I told my daughter, if a teacher touch your shoulder and... Bust him in the nose. Like, you don't, don't touch me. Why is we touching me? Like, so I thank God that it, it, and my daughter never brought a dude home. She went to the prom her senior year, but she never, none of my kids, when I think about it, nobody had relationships in high school. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't about that life. Like, have a relationship when you out of high school, because that's just going to mess your school up and just, 
mess your I, phone I, up, I, mess everything up. It's just gonna mess everything up. Then we're gonna have to get these babies, and then y'all be lying and sneaking around in hotels, and let's just play sports and be smart. After yeah. high school, go be great. Yeah. So question for you. I'm did, you the, did you get hit with the skillet yet? Man, don't say that, dog. Laniga, <laughs> she better stop saying that. If I ever get hit with a skillet, there's so many witnesses that know she's been wanting to hit me with a skillet for so long, she going to jail. <laughs> it ain't an accident. I ain't falling to the skillet. She been wanting to hit me with a skillet for a minute. Even her mama said, have you hit him with the skillet yet? I said, mom, and she just <laughs> passed. She just died. <laughs> and sometimes you be looking, you know what's crazy is right now, my wife is really going through it because her mother died um, a couple months back and her birthday was last week. And mm. then this is her first Thanksgiving without her mom. It'll be her first Christmas, you know, and her dad died three years ago. So uh, for real, she don't even know it, but she my hero. Because when my mom die, I'm checking out. I'm checking out on y'all. I'm gonna be in a corner, walking into the wall with my nose on the wall, slobbing. I'm gonna just check out. I don't, and she has, she's maintained such integrity and, and, and such balance. And like, I still just haven't heard her go, no, mama. Like I, she just, I don't know. How she keeps it all together. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, we'll keep praying and praying on her. Such a sweet spirit. Can't wait to see you guys um, here in Atlanta. Question, question for you. When you are, you know, a lot of comedians use their family in their routines. And that's one of the things that I was telling Tracy one day. And I said, you know what? I've never seen Griff do his actual show. I got it. Next time he's in Atlanta, he's doing the show. We got it. <laughs> you have it. You That's use your funny. family. Is, is your family part of your I'm show? I talk about my whole family since I've been doing comedy. I talk <laughs> about Lanika so bad. My wife is, is, is fine and blind. She got the thickest glasses. I knew her glasses was thick. One day she was looking up at the sky and she said, look at that Delta flight 6197 headed to LAX. That person in the exit row wearing the same dress I got from TJ Maxx. Babe, can you, babe, can you see that lady? <laughs> now, being around her, now I wear damn glasses. So she looking at the Delta flight and I'm going, look at that Southwest 65765. <laughs> now, I've been talking about my family. My family has been the, the base and root of my comedy my whole life, you know. Uh, I was told not to tell house business, but it was so good though. <laughs> it says some film you can't leave on the floor. Some film you gotta pick it up. You can't leave that on yeah, the floor. Yeah, people always say, Griff, what what won't you say? Like I talk about my mama with my mama been married nine times. She know <laughs> I mean how many jokes is in that? That's like nine easy jokes. <laughs> right. I've been talking about my family forever. I've been talking about my kids. Wow. Uh, I, I, you know, and the, the crazy part is I only talk about things that I love. So it's really a compliment mm -hmm. uh, on the side that I, I love on my family so much that I can talk about them and put them in a story that would make other people laugh. Mm -hmm. now, what's really funny is my two sisters 
I'm probably, I don't know. I'm probably the fourth funniest person in my family, but the only one that'll do comedy. My sisters is so funny. They was talking about me so bad one time, Thanksgiving and Christmas and everybody was there and everybody was just laughing and they was going in on me. And I was like, oh, this is what I be doing to people. This is awesome. Like I wasn't even like, I'm gonna show them. I'm a real comedian. Nah, my mother's, my mother, I always wanted it to be as funny as my mom. Wow. My mom was my my muse. I wanted to be my mom till I was probably 14 and realized she was a girl. Like she just, she cussed so good. Like she put cuss words in nouns. Like it was awesome. Like I just wanted to be like my mom. <laughs> she, she, she was charming. She was clever. Um, she was intentional. She was a boss, like, uh, it, it, you know, being her firstborn son, that was just something that I, I, I truly admired about her. her. Her personality was awesome. Wow. So listen, and my gonna, dogs think so. I'm going to tell you a dad joke. I'm going to tell you a dad joke, and then you're going to tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and follow you on social media. You're going to tell me a dad joke now? My dad joke. Let me hear it. What's the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? Doobadoo. In Dubai, they show the Flintstones on TV. Uh, on Dubai, they don't show the Flintstones on TV, but Abu Dhabi do. Dog, how you hang up? Where is it? Where is the leave? What's the leave? That was. <laughs> Where is the leave? Dude, I just shut the laptop. What I gotta do? <laughs> He feels so good about it, though. You should see him. <laughs> because I keep messing it up. I start, but the crazy thing about it is I start laughing before I tell it. I know. That's why I knew it was going to be horrible. What's the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? <laughs> in Duba, in du Oh, hold on. Yeah. My dogs hate it, too. Dogs, what y'all think about the joke? <laughs> my bad, dogs. My bad, my bad. Listen, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you can hit me everywhere at the number two in the word trillion at two trillion Instagram, Twitter. That's my website, two trillion.com. And you can listen to get up mornings with Eric and Campbell Monday through Friday, six to 10 Eastern. Check your local listings. I always wanted to say that since I was a kid and found out what check your local listings mean, you know, cause remember the TV guy that only had ABC, CBS, NBC, and then when Fox came, check your local listings. Get up mornings with Eric and Kemp. Nice, nice. Thank you so much, man. Love you to death. There's absolutely nothing you could do about that. Um, brother for life. You're brother for life. That was the worst joke I heard this year, dog. I just well, want let me you tell to it, Let me tell it again. Maybe, you know, sometimes. Tell me another one. Hold on. No, no. I don't want to hear it another again. one. I know another one, but it's, it takes a while to tell the other joke. It's not you really. You want to hear a racist joke that somebody told me decades ago that, it, what, what? that I appreciated? Uh, old redneck dude said, you a comedian. Let me tell you something. He said, why wasn't there no black people on the Flintstones? I said, I don't know. He said, because they were still monkeys. Ain't that horrible? The yeah. way I punched him in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> now we all laughing, but his was laughing like this. 
That, yeah, that would have had to have been the outcome of that joke. I couldn't it believe he felt so comfortable joke. with me to tell me that. I hit yeah, him yeah, in yeah, the yeah, neck yeah, so yeah. fast. Oh, my goodness. Listen, everybody, thank you for listening to I Am That Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Braswell, and this is my I was going to ask you, was you in a real barbershop? Because I've been waiting for that white man behind you to finish fading that dude up. Ah, he working on I know black barbershop, green screens. He's he trying to get the line up right. He's trying to get the line up right. <laughs> been trying as to pro out black how. as you are, you ain't got no black barbershop green screen. <laughs> see, now you're going to mess. Now, I bet you the next time you see this. Joint, I know. You're going to have all trouble. black people in there. <laughs> Bro, thank you so much, man. And to everybody else, I'll see you next Sunday, same time, same place. Have a blessed week. Talk to you soon. Go blue. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us. You've been listening to I Am Dad podcast. We hope that you have been informed, encouraged you to think, or even inspired your heart for the love of dads. The conversation does not end here. Come back and join us next week. Same time, same place. Or you can continue the dialogue on our I Am Dad Facebook page. We also invite you to listen to past episodes, learn more about us, and keep up with special activities by visiting IamDadPodcast.com. That's IamDadPodcast.com. Until next time, I leave you with this reminder of manhood from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child... I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Because of this reminder, I will always understand that I am dad, period.